Olivier Giroud, Robin Van Persie, Cristiano Ronaldo, Sergio Ramos, Andy Carroll, Tim Cahill, and now Emmy Martinez. Ladies and gentlemen, the seven best headers of the ball in the modern area. Thank you, Emmy. Suckle me, Emmy. You've stumbled across the Gooners Pod. Once upon a time, way back when there were only 9,000 Arsenal podcasts, six young men from various backgrounds. A young basketball prodigy with more trophies in the last 20 years than Totten and Hotspur. An Irish kid with a horrible haircut. A young Jewish nerd who hadn't discovered food yet. A child from Hemel Hempstead who didn't want to be English no more. A handsome young man who learned to play football on the hard streets of Disney World. And a young Mexican AC Milan fan. Hatched a plan to take over the world of Arsenal podcasts. But then these boys became men. Jared. Ewan. Magic. Aston. Andy and Miguel and the rest my friends is history and now all these years later you tune in every so often to hear their incredible takes their football knowledge and their sensual advice but now it's gone too far you our fans are at long last witness to season seven 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 welcome to the gooners pod hello and welcome to the gooners podcast season seven episode 85 i'm here with some dudes one of which i haven't potted with in uh like since nam oh and how, how the hell you been Good. I've been avoiding you since uh, our interaction. You have, um, you, on... have, you have been. Well, yeah, I mean, it got a little. It got a little awkward after that. Uh, it did. There were some. There was some soreness, um, both <laughs> some physical and emotional. Um, <laughs> been get, been catching a bunch of uh, shrapnel for apparently uh, people thinking that you just wake up in my bed every single day. Yeah, geographically, I'm not sure how that works. Something about know, a VPN, but, or that's what he told well, me. Thanks to thanks to the uh, to the to the world of the internet, uh, you are coming out of my bed in London every day, and neither one of us, neither one of us are even there. But it's great <laughs> to see you uh, on a very very exciting week of happiness to talk about, and to help us with that, my brother from another mother to steal a uh, to steal a phrase from from the Highbury Squad. It's at Gunnar Aston. At Gunnar Aston, how are you doing today? <laughs> hey, you guys managed to do a show without me, but you know, your host with the most from the East Coast is back. Um, if you get to be the, the head Jew of TGP, I definitely claim the title of Negro Domus. Uh, <laughs> I just think that just fits. You know what well, I mean? It's there to be claimed by you because none of us are going to fucking give that, not that I title. I dare you. <laughs> not <laughs> on Black <laughs> History Month. It is. It is. And we're and we're more than halfway through. And, and you know, you, you have been shafted uh, 28 days. That's bullshit. Um, <laughs> but uh, before we do get officially canceled, um, what a week, man. I mean, we go into this, uh, go into the game pretty much as low as we could possibly be confidence wise. 
and and now i mean i i don't think that there's any question but uh you know this is how we're all feeling right now these are the sort of wins when you start to believe yeah i mean look this process i hate to say the word process because i see who's looking at me right now look this is a different club this is a different team this is different things that are happening right now we go down doesn't matter we give up a second goal doesn't matter we got this it's happening and it's and we're gonna win this mother how much how much do you hate how much do you hate that and how much do you hate that knowing how much michael hernandez hates that (laughs) i think i think i get more embarrassed about that than you do (laughs) listen that is right up there with alex song reaching for the trophy uh, so no, please don't tell me incredibly that. cringe. No, Alton, you don't even understand the backstory of this. So myself and Jared um, and his lovely wife were heading back to the, the Tarlington for a couple of drinks and we were planning to meet Mike and I rang him just to see where he was. I assumed he had probably made it back to the pub already. He says, oh, I'm, I'm going to be on AFTV. And I was like, Mike, that's a fucking stupid idea. Like, You're way too fucked up to be going on that thing. I was like, and whoever's letting you on it is fucking stupid. <laughs> no, 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 no. You stood around for an hour. I, I, we I think, with, with all due respect to, to the guys there that I do enjoy and like, uh, I, I think they've learned that that controversy, stupidity, uh, none of that has really been a hamper to the to the success of their product. Um, <laughs> yeah. and, and to that end, they let this go on. This victory feels to me like it's huge. Do we have to like keep doing this? I mean, uh, how, how many times do I have to keep coming here before we win the league? Come on! Are we getting there? That was that was supposed to be my moment. <laughs> <laughs> it's the worst thing I've ever. It's the worst thing I've ever done in my life. I've actually flattened the I've murdered people. I've murdered people before, and that's the worst thing I've ever done in my life. <laughs> yeah, that's fucking oh shit. Wait, are we on air right now? I didn't. I didn't really. We do know there. murderers, but uh, we'll we'll talk about that off air. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, Aston, we are uh, we are top of the league. Mm-hmm. I mean, I didn't lie uh, no. in what I said. I just said it in a very slurry and ridiculous way, and thinking I had the support of way more people around me than I actually <laughs> did. So, so there's that. But uh, let's get into this. Uh, you know, do you? have any kind of conflict or mixed feelings when we when we beat Aston Villa like this? No, I I, I will happily take one on the chin. Um, Arsenal can pound Aston all they want. I, I, I will happily allow Arsenal all 11. Were you, just in the, were you in the downward facing dog position for the entire game? Just waiting? <laughs> no, no, but, but listen, we're going too quickly here because now that we've officially handed off, Aston Mack is on the uh, on the attack and we do have a win on the stack. And as is tradition, whenever Arsenal play a game of football, you know what that means. Thank you very much. <laughs> That's right. I have missed her. It has been a while since I've gotten to play that clip. And here we are once again, um, getting the wheels to this uh, league title back on track in a really emphatic way. I mean, how are you guys feeling coming into the game? Uh, uh, Owen? Yeah, so look, obviously, the disappointment from Man City was sort of sitting heavily in everybody's mouth. 
um over over the weekend um and i think that uh in many ways uh, i said this before the game and i know this might sound stupid mathematically but in a way i think that this um this aston villa game was bigger bigger for us than that city game because the city game in context you can put that and say look what they are i mean they're under investigation for financially doping and cheating so obviously they're going to be a very very good side um and i think that people could uh could think up reasons as to why we would lose that game but going into this game this was one that if we wanted to stay on track uh, that if we wanted to stay on pace with them that we had to get three points a draw wouldn't have done um and i know that people would look at that game as a fixture that we should be walking away with three points pump but the truth is is that they've been in in pretty decent form Emery's doing a relatively decent job in there you know they've um been coming up with some pretty good results so it was another i feel like i say this every time it was one of those banana skins that you could slip up on but the truth is from top to bottom in the premier league it's just banana skins the whole way down you know there is no easy fixture anymore in the premier league the quality just, top to bottom just spurs that's it just yeah. spurs that's it yeah well, exactly well, tell that to man city that's true as well but listen the narrative going into this game i think that uh, there's two camps here when you talk about the narrative you've got the the mainstream media and then you've got the sort of arteta out fanboys <laughs> um that are there and it's i find it absolutely unbelievable how they try to put out this narrative that unai Emery is somehow the one that got away from arsenal that there was some sort of you know devastating circumstances that we had to let him go under the truth is is that he wasn't a very good manager he has never really been a very good manager in league competitions it's always in the cup cup competitions where he shines um so yeah listen the pitchforks were sharpened after shitty picked up three points at the emirates and i think a lot of people were lining up waiting on us to fail and for a while it looked like we were going to but obviously as we'll get into more detail throughout the podcast uh things panned out a little differently and uh the boys showed their character yeah it i was, was in my pants if you, you know to be honest with you before that game i was right in that camp of fuck we've blown it we might have blown it I, I i wasn't adding a narrative onto that of i told you we had we're gonna blow it. it it was just oh my god this is all falling apart that game on saturday is an it's more than a banana skin. It is one that I fully did not expect to get three points out of based on the way that our players were looking, the way we were out coached on Wednesday in the second half. The manner in which we lost that game on Wednesday turned me from still keeping my head up and feeling positive after that Brentford fiasco to fucking hell, Saturday could be the end of our title run. Well, and Mike, and I said as much. Mike, on, on exactly what you're saying right there, I mean – all this energy going into the game, all this, all this surrounding the game, and within five minutes, Arsenal are one nil down to uh, to a yeah, uh, Ollie help. Watkins. Oh, how did you feel in that moment? You know, well, like 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 it was all happening. I mean, you know, I I I went from what you just saw in the video to you know to going on uh, podcasts, including ours and, and including a, a multi-team podcast on Dan Potts's channel, football 12th man, where I was the arsenal representative. And I was, I, the, the question was asked who's going to win the league. And I said, man city. And, and now I think it's pretty clear that we're going to win. The motherfucking league. 
This is why you don't get to be. This is this is yeah. we're, we're vetoing you getting to be on other podcasts now because you can't go on okay. other podcasts and say City are going to win. But well, yeah, well, yeah, it's like fuck you. You were our representation. <laughs> they asked for well, well, look, they asked me for my opinion, and I gave my opinion. And if they ask me my opinion now, I would give a different opinion now because I give different opinions every ten seconds. Uh, and, but, and people need to be aware of that. And speaking of different as a representative of the Arsenal fan base, which I am, I you know I just wanted people to understand I was I, I was having a confidence wobble just like all of our players were. Mm-hmm. So speaking of differing opinions, it changed <laughs> in a matter of moments. One of the guys that got us to change the opinion of this match was Bakayo Saka. That wonder strike that he had, I what was it, like the 17th minute of the game? I mean, what was it? A, uh, a Mings was trying to clear the ball, ends up heading it down to Saka. Saka wonder strike into the top corner. I mean, he, uh, Owen, has he gone from star boy to star man? Yeah, well, look, I think he, it's undoubtable that <clears throat> in these pivotal moments in, in games and big fixtures, big moments that th- there's one player that consistently steps up. And, and it's Bakayo Osaka and it, it, it's I was listening to the Arscast uh, earlier and I think I think it was James that had mentioned that surprisingly he's only a, he's a couple of months younger than Flo Balogun and he's mm. over having his breakout loan season and Bakayo Osaka's been doing this for for multiple years now um, fact check this out <clears throat> yeah uh this is yeah. 2020. This is he's already on pace right now to absolutely shatter every stat that he mm-hmm. had from the last year, just showing not only his consistency from year to year, but also that his ceilings just out of this world. Yeah, Where's and ankles I, 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 kicked on that statistic because he's definitely doubled up on last season. We and need to get season. him like, like, uh, what do you call them? Like, uh, bubble wrap. We need to bubble wrap his ankles before games now, but listen. I think the thing was before the start of the season, if we were going to be serious for Champions League, let alone um, uh, being in a title race, everybody had said that Gabriel Martinelli, uh, Bakayo Saka, and Martin Odegaard would all need to up their output in terms of numbers and goal contributions. And I think at the start of the season, a lot of us attributed that down to Gabriel Jesus. And I think that maybe gave them the confidence to sort of springboard them to this level. But we've been seeing, obviously, th- throughout Jesus's absence, that they're capable of of you know, stepping up and being these main men. Now, in that goal in particular, I think the game needed a moment like that. And the first thing I'll say is, I don't know how Tyrone Mings is uh, a paid professional footballer because rule one is that country at the highest that, level. <laughs> that worst is the, center back in the league. Oh, a hundred percent. Worst consistent starter, I would say, a hundred percent. Um, rule one of defend is you don't put the ball into that area, and it wasn't an overly difficult ball to deal with. He could have put it over his bar out right, for corner knocked it behind put it sent it back to where it was but it needed a moment like that a lapse of concentration but take nothing away from it Bakayo Saka had to be there and had to capitalize on the technique to get his foot over the ball and 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 smash it in the way he did was was absolutely brilliant and in many ways I think that was the catalyst for uh, a little bit of uh, morale to be kicked back into the side because uh, obviously it was pretty quickly deflated by the walking strike early on yeah, and it's so unfortunate because we go in there one one. There's so much momentum now that we have our star boys gotten on the ball. It really seems like we're um going at them, but then you know almost out of nothing we win. We lost about five du- duels in a row to lead to Aston Villa eventually making it two one. Mike, talk us through it a bit. It sucked. Um, 
that it's it's funny. remind me honestly that goal is is the one i don't remember um uh, i was i was fading in and out of sleep i i i didn't get out of bed for this game because i went to, i only got like two hours of sleep set my alarm and i was just like i'm not even getting out of bed for this i'm gonna watch it from bed so their second goal i think i kind of just flushed out of my memory as soon as i could yeah do you want me to okay. come in because i actually remember <laughs> that was um wait 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 we played we played villa on saturday <laughs> yeah yeah it's like fuck they scored <laughs> i just pulled a webby i'm gonna talk and you go and watch the highlights real quick <laughs> <laughs> i'll remember when you when you when you describe it <clears throat> yeah no no it. yeah look essentially the, the ball went to martinez he rolled it out and the the one thing I would say about this goal, oh, while while whilst it was a well worked goal from Villa, it was the most un Arsenal like defending that we've become so renowned for over this past. They literally breezed through everybody, it's and what I was thinking was, yeah, somebody, yeah, exactly, somebody, somebody takes somebody down. That's all they had to do, just stop the counter, which is what we do. The front players didn't press. It was just, it was the only way I can describe it was just a complete lapse of concentration. Um. But look, as I always say, you want to learn those types of lessons in these scenarios, you know, where we come out of it unscathed uh, at the end of it. And, and I'm sure Mikel Arteta had plenty of plenty to say on it at halftime. Yeah, and I actually do want to, I, I do wonder what he said at halftime. I, I, I kind of want to, I, I think one of the key instances, though, that kind of lit a fire under our bellies and probably shaped that uh, conversation is, you know, Saka, once again, involved in a scrap he's getting a little bit of bite and fight to him and for the first time i want to say i think i've ever seen he literally just stood up and said no you're not going to foul the crap out of me like that that's ridiculous ref what are you doing here and and i really feel again i said it earlier star boy is now our star man he's not a he as young as his age may be he really seems to be taking all the responsibility um and and you didn't just see it in in the fight there. You also saw it throughout the game. You could see our strategy was give the ball to Saka. He'll figure it the fuck out. Yeah, he he, he th- that was the most noticeable thing about him because I mean, they're, I mean, it's getting old. They're just kicking the shit out of him all the time. I mean, that that is the strategy. We saw it from Bernardo Silva the entire game, uh, and he mostly got away with it. Um, that's how teams are going to try to beat him, and it, and and it sucks because they're going to shorten his career. They're they're going to shorten his career. They're gonna they're going to introduce gaps in his career. All things which are just absolutely not deserved because the guy is playing phenomenally, um, and and so he does need to get a little bit more fire in him because while his teammates, while Odegaard and Jaka and his teammates are going to stand up and have his back, you can't just keep relying on other people to do it, and. Um, you know, and and sometimes when people defend themselves, that sticks in a referee's mind as well, and say, you know what, this guy is. It, it, it just wakes you up to the fact that it's just constant. It's it's constant kicking. It's constant abuse of the guy, and uh, and you start watching for it more as a, as a referee. So so kudos to him. I mean, obviously we don't want him getting any stupid ejections or you know red cards or or yellows that cause him to have to change how he's playing for the rest of the game. For fighting back but you got to stand up for yourself and and he's doing it 
Right. And speaking of unnecessary silly injuries, we don't need you out there injuring yourself, Craig. Okay. I know that there's a lot of passion involved, but we need you on the front lines because without that energy, Arsenal are, are, are going to be lost. And we always appreciate seeing you in here, by the way. Thanks so much for the super chat. Yeah. Thanks, uh, Craig. And, and, um, and, and if that is your, if that's your, your, your driving leg, then you're going to have to hop on a plane next month because, because uh, you're coming. It's going to all the There's a gathering. There's a gathering happening for a certain birthday, and it is going to. I don't know if Florida's ready, to be honest. I don't know. Mikel, well, it'll, be, it'll be full of Florida men do X uh, <laughs> uh, on March the 12th. By X, he means ecstasy. He means. Well, yeah, no, no, no. I, no. I'm not admitting. No, I'm not, I, I don't mean that, but uh, <laughs> I, I just mean that you could fill that in with a variety of different possible things, all of which will probably be true. So the second half happened. Mikel Arteta gets into the boys and almost um, not not immediately. It wasn't like in the 45th minute or the 50th minute, but we did eventually get a goal from Zinchenko. I actually was able to get a non-copyright version of it. Check it out here. That looked like way more like Martinelli's goal than it did Jimchenko's goal. <laughs> Between hey, the time and the space and the and the lack of a goalkeeper. <laughs> Can I say this? Uner family around the world, listen to my words. I do not know what Manchester City were thinking. Protect that man at all costs. He is a treasure. Yeah. I love some Zinchenko. And I love the fact that he scored his first Premier League goal only after joining Arsenal. What did, what do you think of that goal, uh, Owen? Yeah, that really surprised me for you know the first of all that's a crack of one from <laughs> from Daniel Rodgers. <laughs> would have missed that. Yeah, Haaland would have missed it too. Haaland would have missed it. Well. Um, oh. But yeah, it really we'll it, give him it took me more material, guys. <laughs> it really took Martin. me aback. Find like hearing that that was his first Premier League goal. Um, he's such a technically gifted player, very spatially aware, a, a wicked strike, you know hearing reports about uh, in the warm-up before Everton that the, they were doing their shooting drills and he was banging them consistently top corner. Um, but look, it, it, whether it's his first or his 20th or 30th, he came up with his, with his first at, at the perfect time because it's exactly what we needed. And if you want to sort of, uh, sort of condense his character and his mindset into one moment it's there when the ball hits the back and then it's first Premier League goal for what's to believe to be his boyhood club and he doesn't celebrate he turns around tells everybody get the fuck back and let's go because that's what he is he's a winner and that really it's throughout the side and uh, I think it's very easy to forget as well that Wes, he, it, Wes is not young but he still is just 25 you know when you look at other clubs with their leaders like likes of James Miller Jordan Henderson um, at their clubs, Thiago Silva, uh, their Verona United, you know, name all the clubs that's got these players and really our leadership group, if you want to call it that, uh, Barn, Granite Jacker, really everybody is, you know, 
26 or under, which is unbelievable when you think about it. And uh, I just think regardless of what nonsense uh, Pep Guardiola comes out with or, or Man City podcasters or fans or journalists or whatever, what, this, what they want to say is that they're bound to just be cringing at the fact that they've let this guy walk um, at the price they let him walk for as well with the, with the market that uh, we're living in. It was the signing of the summer worldwide. And I understand that Holland switched teams this summer. Gabby Jesus switched teams this summer. I understand that there were much larger transfers. The transfer of the summer is Alexander Shinchenko. Far enough. Yeah. And I remember as well, sorry to, to cut in on you, mate, but I remember as well, and I don't often get stuff very right, rarely. <laughs> my, my, my XG is, is, is terrible. But uh, I remember at the time when the links were there, uh, and it was Martinez or Zinchenko, I remember saying that I would rather us pay 60-odd million for Zinchenko than 30 million for Martinez, if you could give me the choice between the two of them. Because what people weren't seeing in this guy, especially when you look at him in the Ukrainian side, when he maybe wasn't surrounded by such big superstar characters, his personality really shone. And, I mean, what an addition he's been. Who would have had any idea that he was that kind of guy based on his Manchester City career? I mean, you wouldn't, it's almost like he just didn't, I mean, maybe he did and we just didn't see it because we don't follow them that closely, but I had no clue the guy was that kind of an influence. I mean, I knew he was talented. He couldn't break in full time for Manchester City and that he was flexible enough to play a couple of positions. And I, and in that regard, after I got over the, the faux heartbreak of losing out on the butcher, um, I uh, I really warmed up to the guy, but I mean, the second he walked in that dressing room, he contributed to the continual revamp of this team's psyche into becoming, I, I can't say winners because they haven't done it yet, but I, they're winners. They're just, they, they need to, you know, to finish the job, but, uh, but these guys are winning mentality players and, and it's just incredible how much of an upgrade that is not on tyranny. But just in general, on the, the the eighteen to twenty four people that are hanging around the club at any given moment. But that's what makes it. That's what makes it even more impressive, isn't it, Austin? That like, like, that was the thing about the about the Zinchenko transfer is that when you look, everybody thought Kieran Tierney was our starting on left back for the next half decade. We didn't think we needed. We thought we needed a backup or whatever. Blah blah blah. And it makes it even more impressive that he's come in and sort of pushed back one of the fan favourites. It's really onto the fringes of the squad at this point. Yeah, and I think what's so important about Zinni, we're talking about a player, we're like, okay, maybe we didn't know about these leadership qualities, but we also had to give him the environment to thrive. I think Arteta's done that. I think Arteta and him kind of go hand in hand in ways that we were commenting last season about Arteta and Odegaard. And then on top of that, the boy's a gooner. The boy's a gooner. This is this is his dream. He's getting to he got to score a goal for his boyhood club, and you can see it. You can see this connect. Huh? In a title race. In a title race, exactly. And you you can see his connection to the fans. He's always the player that runs directly to the fans, G's them up. When we're not doing well, he's the one on coming over saying, Hey, we need you, we need you. And I think the I, I think it were the, the connection between him and the Ashburn army is something to be like to be really, really talked about. I I, I always want to big them up for the great job that they 
that they do. Obviously, again, in this game, fantastic noise. But I think them and Zinni going together have been a huge part of this season for us. Another player part of that um, part of that leadership group that we keep talking about and a player that as he grows into the game, Arsenal grow into the game, has to be Martin Odegaard. I mean, granted, I know he had a huge miss. That can't be understated. You need to be scoring that. That is far below your um, your levels here. But let me just show you what this guy did on the pitch uh, the other day. I mean, we're talking about uh, – look at these stats here. Uh, sorry, everything's too small right now on my screen. Um, 100% dribbles completed, 93% pass accuracy, 72 touches, seven chances created, three duels won, one shot, one assist. No player has created that many chances in a single half of football since Mesut Ozil against Newcastle. That's the that's the company that this guy is keeping in. 35 million. I don't know. I don't know how we pulled this one off. Honestly, I keep scratching my head to think that how did we end up with this guy, you know? Yeah. We spent like 35 million on each of I think three different players this summer. Um Vieira, Odegaard, or no, Odegaard was the previous summer, but yeah, 35 is like our magic number. We we got rid of the the bugaboo about spending 35 on players like Mustafi and and for many many years you could have said the same thing about Granite Jaka. Because uh, people are always comparing him to Conte, who was available the same summer. But now, like, I, I in hindsight, I wouldn't have gone above thirty-five million for Mudrick because if we did, he wouldn't have been as good. Like that makes no sense whatsoever. But but right now, I only but want you're 30, right. I only want thirty-five million pound players. The second a player is forty-five million, he's not going to fit into the squad at, at all. So. Uh, <laughs> You know, I'm sure I'm sure some people will have issue with with what I'm saying because we ain't getting Jude Bellingham for 35 million. But um, we can try, can't we? Yeah, I think we should try. Just put in a you know cheeky bid and and try to get him. Why 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 would why wouldn't you want to come for 35 million? But but by the way, when it comes to how quickly uh, Gabriel Jesus, who a lot of us have kind of forgotten about the influence of uh, by now, but Gabby Jesus and, and Zinchenko, when you see the influence that they had from day one with this club on and off the pitch. Do you think maybe Mikel Arteta did a little bit more than just setting cones out at Manchester city? You think maybe he was a relationship guy with the players. He was a trusted confidant and that That's, trust is carried over to, to the guys he, he's brought in from here. Can I even say this here about, about both of them players? Because a lot of people have said that about the relationship. And obviously that's a huge factor. I think in getting them players in the door, but one thing I think that people have overlooked as well is that remember the stagnant sort of sanitized club that they were playing for, you know, like, and I'm not just throwing shade because of the, the current situation, but this is a, a sort of fi financial Avengers football club that don't have the following, that don't have the tradition, that don't have the class. You know, when you talk about like Thierry Henry always talks about uh, his first time walking through the marble halls of Highbury and just realizing um, the, the size of Arsenal Football Club and exactly what it means. And I think that when you look at players like, like Sinchenko, who obviously, as, as I mentioned earlier, is a, is a childhood Arsenal fan, but even for someone like Gabriel Jesus coming over and when he made that move, the two of them were just completely adored from the moment they walked in the door. You know, having that fuss, having that um, fan base sort of fawning over you, um, was probably a big, big factor for them as well. You even look at this game as well, and 
I don't want to jump too far into it, uh, Aston, but even Gabriel uh, Martinelli shouting, this is Arsenal, and smacking the badge after scoring. You know, like, it's it's obviously Arsenal has a way of getting into people's skins, and I think that happened with Martin Odegaard. That's why I always think that, see, when we talk about loaning players that we potentially would like to keep, that's why I always think that get them in the door, let them feel what it's like here, and then they'll never want to leave again. Did you see Mar- uh, Odegaard go over to the kid who 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 gave him a big hug? And mm-hmm. he, my only criticism is Odegaard should have held that hug just a little bit longer. He seemed too much in a rush to get out, and I just I think we need to sell him. I mean, if that's going to be the way he corresponds with our fans, I know mm-hmm. he spent all day with you, Aston. But the but little then, kid but then, rushes. But then, out. but then on the contrary, to play a devil's advocate, what if he held him a bit too long? <laughs> <laughs> That's what? true. Your mind, I'll, 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 yeah, I, I should have thought about that, but but that's what you're here for. If you were to say in seconds, what's the appropriate amount of time to hold a kid that isn't related to you? That isn't related to you? <laughs> <laughs> so, so, in, in most right. circumstances, the answer is zero. Uh, <laughs> in that circumstance, you're, you're, you've, you've convinced me otherwise. I think it was the perfect length of a hug. <laughs> So, so we've got to, we've got to, we've got to keep things moving. And, you know, a guy that knows about keeping things moving, of course, is my manager here. Oh my God. (laughs) I I love that moment. I'm sorry. That, that is better than the, the puss lip that he had at the Chelsea game. You know, it was like, that, that is my manager is, is top memes, top memes. If you are losing games. That's a shit show. It's a clown show. It's a sideshow, and it's hurting your team. But if 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 that's getting your guys motivated and, and we're winning, I mean, look, look, I it, it, I am so hypocritical when it comes to shithousery. I am totally fine with him doing that. I didn't didn't love Klopp's histrionics on the sideline because I hate Liverpool. Uh, and I don't want them to do well and seem to be enjoying it and and giving giving it large to uh, you know to everyone else outside. But my boys, my club, my manager, d- d- clown people when they deserve to be clowned. And and it's been a long time since we've had players that would clown people. Theo Walcott would never clown anybody. You know what I mean? Like yeah. like as much as I love Aaron Ramsey, he was a very nice boy. He said very nice things and was very mm-hmm. very. Very nice. Never any edge. Not a lot of fight. And that was something that we've been missing for a while. So I don't care. Well, you're being serious about Theo Walcott. Oh yeah, yeah. Because I remember a certain uh, stretcher that he was on. <laughs> but that was, he, he, but that was the highlight of his Arsenal career, including goals in the FA Cup. So, so that, that's, that's probably like the best thing Theo Walcott has ever done. Yeah. But speaking of, you're trying to say that I, I'm getting it wrong on a player. Speaking of players that I keep getting it wrong on, time to slate me. Okay, we have to have the Jorginho talk, of course. Chelsea fans today, you came out looking hard looking at Jorginho. Uh, spending $600 million, including $110 million on an Enzo Fernandez just to lose to a Southampton. Meanwhile, Jorginho scores his one, like the only, I, I think that he's got like two shots, non-penalty shots on target for Chelsea. And he scores that sort of banger off the back of Emmy Martinez's head. I mean, Dude, I, 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 I was getting texts from people who were saying, is Aston okay when you were hemorrhaging <laughs> about about signing Jorginho as opposed to someone else. I'm like, 
now, 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 now. Okay, everybody, let me set, let me defend myself. I said, I said that in order to make it right, in order to make this okay, because I do think that it was such a controversy signing Chelsea players after the long history of what's happened at this club, Jorginho is going to have to contribute. And what did he do yesterday? He shut all of us up. You think I? You think I? A, a guy oh. as fat as me doesn't like to eat humble You're like pie. The, the, I love like pie. D- Disneyland troops, counter shut down. Disneyland Jeez. troops, Bukaya Snaka. <laughs> I mean, we got we we got we got all the names. Um, <laughs> no, man, look, I'm, I'm glad you were wrong. I, uh, I, you know, I, I tried not to. You and I have had some 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 words about certain topics uh, as recently as a month ago uh, when it comes to transfer policy and. And I, I wasn't going to get into it with you on this because, frankly, you might have ended up in hindsight being right. But, you know, the great man of TGT once said, if God forbid Thomas Partey isn't available against Manchester City, would you rather have Lakanga Elneny or Jorginho start? Um, and the answer is going to be a, a Premier League seasoned player who is old enough to understand some of the dark arts and not get overwhelmed by by a matchup like that. And and while we were out coached in the second half and lost that game, it sure as hell wasn't because of Jorginho. And then his game on on Saturday, I mean, the guy can do a job for the next four months, and he may have to do a job in the next four months if if Arsenal are planning on his his being one or one A for any longer than that then I think there's an incredible amount of short-sightedness going on. But but based on his contract and based on everything we're hearing about Declan Rice and Moises Casado and all those people that we're pushing for, the plan is clearly I'd rather get someone I know and trust and isn't going to break the bank to try to help us sustain this title push than go out and grab somebody, you know, Bombo or the guy for, or Nana or somebody like that just because the players want a fancy name and body in here and then not be able to really afford or or have the space to do what we want to do over the summer because we can't just go signing 400 million pounds worth of players and figure out later where and how they're all going to gel together yeah exactly we're not chelsea and and owen i want you to jump in and talk to me about the goal in just a moment first i do need to wax lyrical about in my apology letter to Jorginho. we're talking about 79 pass attempts led the entire team 88.6 pass completion 106.8 pass efficiency seven entries into the final third, eight progressive passes, six long passes, 75% long pass completion, eight deep completions, 475 progressive pass distance, two key passes, and one shot leading to an own goal. <laughs> Go ahead. Take it away, Owen. How wrong was I and how important oh, was I? Super fucking wrong. You're always fucking wrong. But we love you. Fuck you guys. Um, no, I'm just joking. <laughs> no. <laughs> no. We, we, we have you here to make us look less wrong. Not <laughs> not to make us look right, but to make us look less wrong. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> look, to, think- to my credit, to be fair, Jorginho has literally never done that before. Literally, <laughs> that's the first time he's ever done that. Did he take a little hop up before he shot that as well, I think? <laughs> I think he did because he's like, I'll never get to do that again as long as I'm here, so I might as well do it here. Look, I, th- I think the thing that annoyed me about the the whole Jorginho transfer saga was that I was just thinking to myself, 
has our fan base not learned their fucking lesson about questioning and signings? You know, we did it with Aaron Ramsdale, did it with Ben White. Plenty of people did it with Martin Odegaard when we missed out Amy Bandia. Yeah, and Madison. You know, Trossard, people wanted Mudrick, you know. It's countless examples of players that we frowned upon when they came in the door. And it's taken me a lot of work. I'm not going to. I'm not going to say that I'm different from the crowd. I was like that as well with some of these players, but I've learned now to just shut the fuck up, sit back, and let the football people do their football work. Well, and, and, let, and let things play out. Like, like yeah. if, if you want to express well, an opinion... I, I was about to on. say, on that same thing, we still need this season to play out before I'd say we give Jorginho a pass. I mean, it is still... Oh, 100%. But, but look at it in context of what it is. It's a backup. And, and, and that's exactly what he is. Thomas Partey is out and he's stepping in and he's doing a very good job. The one thing that I'll put into people's heads when talking about Jorginho as a footballer, and I can't do it off the top of my head. I can think of a few. Think of the managers that he's played under <clears throat> and the team that he's played in. You know, you look at Antonio Conte, look at his style of football now at Tottenham. Uh, you look at uh, sorry as well his style of football frank lampard graham potter not very exciting or expansive football managers with with a great ticky tacky type style maybe it's simply that Jorginho didn't have the type of system to flourish in because i tell you one thing he's exceeded my expectations in terms of what he brings in a passing forward sense and you know we talk about him being dropped out of the side when thomas Partey comes back or this or that it's Trust me, he's an intelligent enough footballer to adapt and potentially take that left eight role from Jacka if he needs a break. It's, it's just I, I, I remember when the signing happened and it was I, I, I threw Mudrick into this as well and I said if you give me the option of Mudrick and Caicedo uh, over the course of a five year period, I would choose them a hundred percent. But if you ask me who would make the bigger impact in six months in a title race, Chigino and Trossard all day. And I still haven't changed my mind at all from that. And you, and you sign them to, to to financially friendly contracts. You you build proper expectations where you're not bringing in big bald players who are expecting to be, you know, starting every single game. They're going to fit into the team construct, and that's. And speaking of fitting into the team construct, Mike, as well, something that I was absolutely fucking loved. He was barking order straight away. Even in the Man City game, he was telling people off. He was telling people where to be. Is well, and, and he was enabled. He was given the. Uh, he uh, he was undoubtedly enabled to do that. He didn't just say, "Hey, I'm going to come in and 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 fuck yous all up, start bossing people <laughs> around and fuck yous all, uh, whatever that means." And uh, and you know, and then players are like, "Who the hell is this guy? We've been building this for two years, and this guy." I am positive that behind the scenes. You know, these things were worked out. He speaks Brazilian. He was born in Brazil. Uh, happens to fit in pretty well with the guys that he's playing around just from a, from a you know, from a language and, and, a, and a birthplace standpoint. And, you know, my, my point, counterpoint, and not counterpoint, but just kind of to, to, to go alongside what you were saying, Owen, is, you know, people freak out as though things are already done. And now I am bringing something up, Aston, from January. When we didn't sign Mudrick and he went to Chelsea, the absolute meltdown. And, you know, I'm like, be upset that we didn't sign Chelsea or didn't sign Mudrick. But January 15th or 16th, there's still two months, two weeks left. We don't know that the, that our window is shut early. We don't know that whether Mudrick is going to be the player that we all thought that he was. 
And, you know, and, and so my, and this isn't directed at you, but I'm explaining what my point was when we were talking about it. Just, I think that they've learned enough, enough, we've learned enough times over the past few years that, you know, we don't have to like what's going on, but to, to attack and criticize as though a mistake has most definitively been and, and is completed being made. And we have just cost ourselves something in the midst of not yet knowing how it's going to turn out is, you know, it's just, to me, it's a waste of time and energy. And maybe I'm just almost 50 years old and, and, and I'm a cranky old man shouting at the clouds, but, um, of which there are none here, but uh, you're definitely, you're definitely old and cranky because I just want to reiterate, I still say that we're saying this after a 4-2 Aston Villa game and not after the 3-1 Man City game that he played in too. Like we have to be like, like we can't as much as we were saying, don't we can't go super in on the negatives. Like let's not, you know, go overboard with the negatives. Let's also remember that this was an as this is an Aston Villa side, and this is an Emory side, by the way, that played the most Emory ball I've ever seen in that second half. I mean, but was he it, was he just, was, but he was the best. He was the best player in an Arsenal shirt against Man City too. You would say? Oh, oh I don't think so. I don't well, think so. The but the I mean the 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 point is the jury is still out in both directions. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Why yeah. act like the why act like the jury is in? when the jury is out I, and, and I'm not, and I'm not saying, Hey, you are all proven wrong for being upset that we didn't sign Mudrick because Mudrick's having a rough start at Chelsea. Cause there are layers to that besides just, is he, or is he not a good player or, you know, or, or was the Georgina thing a good signing or not? The jury is still out, but early returns are not, you know, pointing towards the negative. And, and so let's just wait and see and kind of believe that, you know, we've come this far Maybe the some of the decision makings and the and, and the crying for for Adu to be sacked, which is just ridiculous at this point. You know, it, that's reactionary. That's all it is. Uh, because meanwhile, we are still top of the league. We have a game in hand now and two points in hand, so we're right back to where we might be five points up on Manchester City with a game to play against them. Um, you know, despite what that goofball in that AFTV video said. The, the league's not won. The league's not lost. But let's you know, let's ride this out and enjoy the good times while they're while they're there. And I don't know why I'm on this soapbox now, but yeah, I, I'm, I'm trying because I do think that we should actually talk about. We're talking about a lot, yeah, we, of oh, we it, and we actually need to talk about the goal. I mean, after I think there was a moment when Emmy Martinez was holding the ball for over 23 seconds. I mean, he was just doing the most in the second half. So tell me. How long were you laughing when you realized it went off the back of his head? I'm still laughing. <laughs> so, so the so the answer to that quite what today is what Monday. So uh, that game ended at uh, 9:30 a.m. our time. So yeah, that would be uh, 32 hours. Um, and 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 like that got. I am always bothered by how far outside the box people end up being before they actually release it from their hands when they're punting the ball. That has always been a thing for me. I can't say Ramsdale doesn't do it just because I'm an Arsenal supporter, but there is no one who is further outside the box when he kicks it than Emmy Martinez. And it's just one of the, I mean, it's, you know, look, Mesut Ozil used to put the ball four feet from the corner flag when he took corners until he got caught for it. So, I mean, it happens. But it just bugs me because when is a and and 
I, I heard that a keeper got a red, Pope got a red card for handling the ball, but it wasn't one of these situations, right? Where you carry it outside. That has to start being called because there is no advantage even really in the game that they could possibly be earning by him kicking it from two to three feet further forward than he is. Um, and, and it just bugs me. So, I mean, Emmy's whole body is out and he's got his hand still on the ball with his leg rising to kick it. And, uh, and I'm tired of it. So, Suckle oh, me, Owen. Emmy, for, for how that game ended. It, it, it was glorious. Owen, does Leno save that? <laughs> oh, fuck. <laughs> Leno certainly doesn't score it. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, the fucking the poetic justice was just un-fucking-believable. Do you want to know what? If there was one player on that team that I wanted to score the goal and get his name, uh, you know, on the score sheet, it was Jorginho, just because of the situation we mentioned around the transfer, and the division and stuff. That, but um, fuck, I didn't think it could be made any sweeter. But but that, <clears throat> to be honest with you, look, Emmy Martinez is a funny one because obviously his FA Cup heroics and and the way he conducted himself in that time, and then you know even stuff like remember he was on the phone to his father at the side of the pitch um <coughs> following that win and and it was a great story and, and he was story just, until it wasn't <laughs> yeah he was so loved by the fans but seemingly he turned around he wanted reassurances of his playing time and then he was told that he would have to compete which to be fair Aaron Ramsdale was told the exact same thing it's obviously the way Mikel Arteta wants to operate keep good competition and he didn't feel up for that competition and we facilitated a move for a relatively cheap price to another Premier League club, which he wouldn't have got that move six months prior. He was on nobody's radar. You know, he hadn't earned himself any move whatsoever. Um, he had a couple of decent loan spells at pretty low levels, but I don't know where this animosity for the club has come from, but he seemingly hasn't got Arsenal's name out of his mouth ever since he stepped out the door, and he seems to have some sort of vendetta with Mikel Arteta and the club um, as well. Uh, and I think... One of the most telling things for me after the game was Unai Amri's words talking Oof. about the way that Most he's conducted himself. Yeah, we, do we uh, have those? Uh, uh, I, I didn't want to break copyright. Sorry, I, I'm not sure. But look, here's something like I wanted to, I wanted to touch on as well. And obviously, that this is uh, the, the, when you when when you look at uh, other players that come back from the World Cup, like uh, Alexis McAllister going back to Brighton or. Uh, all around the world, when players return, there's a big deal made out of it. I'm starting to think that maybe Andy Martinez is the type of guy that's rubbing people up the wrong way because seemingly at Aston Villa, he didn't get anything. He literally walked back into training as as normal. Um, mm. And so for me, obviously, there's feathers being rubbed. Ming has got more than he did. Well, <laughs> yeah. well, there's apparently there seems to be something brewing between him and Emery. He came mm -hmm. out and said that he wanted to play in Champions League, and I don't know how you're going to do that at Aston Villa. And then to to your point, the what uh, what Emery said was, you know, for his career, I think now he knows, now he understands, and 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 he also said good evening, everyone. And I think you're right. I think Emmy is hard. I think one of the big deciding factors for letting Emmy go and letting Leno stay, we're finding out might actually be Emmy's personality. Like if he's not, if things aren't going the right way, is he a character that you actually want around the team? And I think that it's looking like that's not the case. Unlike, by the way, somebody who's always had a great character, even when things aren't going their way and they give it back to him. Granite Jaka, who I don't know how he didn't get a yellow card. He was subbed off 
and he, and he you can see him in the celebration pictures for that third goal. I mean, are 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 is Edu and Mikel are they good at getting these right personalities and making sure to keep them in the right spaces? Clearly, yes. I mean that it's they built they have again. I I hate like like just pulling up on on fellow supporters you know these unnamed fellow supporters who are negative about things but you want to judge them simply because they can't get a big deal done they can't get it across the line they're 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 not ambitious enough they are performing a chemistry experiment right now (laughs) i was gonna say (laughs) daniel's on fire today by the way uh they are doing a chemistry experiment, the likes of which we've never seen before in, in complete. I mean, do you remember the, the Mustafi era, the, 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 the granite 1.0 era? And, I, and, and that's a bit harsh on him because he was probably swimming upstream in, in, in our dressing room. But like, you know, I mean, just Mustafi. I mean, he's the, he's the biggest example of that. Just a loser, an absolute loser. And, and, Oof, and it, was, it was permeating. He has kids. I mean, look. He, okay, so he won a World Cup, but he, but, but he he wanted to. They wanted to spite him. Uh, the uh, the chemistry the experiment that they have done, the clear prerequisites and the non negotiables for bringing a guy in, the homework that they must be doing when they're researching a guy like Tomi Asu, who nobody knows much about, to make sure that they're not just bringing in this prospect who may or may not, you know, end up as a as a head case. I mean, look, when you're winning, everyone gets along better and everyone's mentality is better. When you're losing, it tends to take a, take a hit. But we're seeing things well beyond just winning and losing with, with these players that they brought in. Um, I do have to, th- because I'm going to lose the opportunity for this, to, to, to absolutely make Aston hate me even more, which is uh, uh, there's a song from 1985. And, and before we get off the topic of Emmy, uh, you know, you guys were embryos. You weren't even fetuses yet. By Run DMC, uh, these three young artists from from Hollis, Queens, New York City, about a bitch ass Argentinian goaltender who was seven years from even being born yet. So uh, here is my tribute to Emmy Martinez. You talk too much. I said you never shut up. You talk too much. I said you never shut up. You talk too much. Talk That was about. I really wish I had a time machine so I could take this clip back to them when they were coming up with a song and say, in the future, know that this is what happens to your legacy. Yes, your legacy is going to be that that song was about an Argentinian punk ass and sung by a fat and too bald American from Virginia um, who don't even really know the words and who were way too drunk on a Saturday night at one four thirty in the morning in London. So, um, so that's my uh, my hip hop clip clip of the week, and it's dedicated to Emmy Martinez. Yeah, and and we do we are we are running up on fifty five minutes, so I do want to get on the last goal. And speaking of chemistry that you were just talking about, we happen to have a clip of Fabio Vieira talking to Martinelli right before they got on. Even here with some. <laughs> You know what I mean? I'm from around the way. I'm leaving with something. <laughs> I, 
I love it because they literally looked like two players possessed. They were like, I have to do something. There's going to be a goal, an assist, something I need to get involved in. And and I love it. I love the fight that they have on the team. And I love that now when we look at our substitute, uh, substitutes bench, that those are two faces that are just raring to go uh, at any time. Talk to me about that uh, fourth go- goal, Owen. Yeah, it's it's funny because in in the moment, obviously coming towards the the Dan seconds of the game, you know they they get a set piece and you're thinking the worst we've all been there, and it's it's that situation where literally your heart's hanging out of your ass and you're thinking just fucking get rid, get the ball up the pitch and. I was came, I, I was at the point. Sorry, I was at the point where I'm like, can Ollie Watkins or whoever else just score this instead of Emmy? Like like they're gonna yeah, score, yeah, yeah. and it just not be Emmy. Yeah, <laughs> and when the ball fell to Vieira's feet, I was just thinking, just fucking hit the thing, hit it away, the fuck. But listen, when the goals open and it, and it was brilliant because obviously Emmy Martinez, being the egotistical piece of shit that he is, wanted to make make up for. Um, his error and uh, left the goal getting wide open and but take nothing away from it even though the goal's wide open that ball from Vieira was perfect mm. absolutely perfect you know he's somebody that I think a lot of us are still sleeping on uh, 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 yeah we're, we're a little bit unconvinced completely of exactly what he is or what he's going to be but uh, what's he saying now God's sake uh, <laughs> but the ball perfect into Martinelli's stride and the celebration before the ball even went into the goal, not just by Martinelli, but by Fabio Vieira. I don't think I've ever seen somebody celebrate an assist before it had even really got to the other person's feet before in my life. But it just, obviously, they're so embedded in, in, in what this process is. And I found it fucking hilarious that people like Gabby Agbonlahor and Aston Villa correspondence were triggered by this uh, pre-goal celebration from Martinelli when literally their fucking goalkeeper was thrusting at fans after penalty misses and stuff. It's just, it's so fucking cheap. But oh, yeah. I, I love the nastiness. I fucking love the nastiness in, in this Arsenal side that they're starting to do shit like that. Um, now, I know they had, learned, they had earned the right, but the nastiness of 2002, 2003, 2004, Arsenal, I mean, it, it, this is reminiscent of that. And, and, you know, again, with less having been already accomplished, but you need some of that. That's how you win. That's how you start winning games mm-hmm. in, the, in the player tunnel before the game is when you know that these guys are, are you know, they're going to clown you when they beat you. So you best not fuck up. I wish there was a emmy martinez solo cam of him running back to the goal as they were 40 yards ahead of him and just what his what his facial expressions look like what i love about it too is the the togetherness and like you were talking about that pass from Vieira. it goes under it goes under the radar that when he made that pass there was such momentum that he had to put on the pass that he actually fell as he was making the pass got back up then proceeded to knee slide before uh before it got to martinelli and you know we saw them doing this for and for those of you that don't know what they were doing here this is a reference to uh for you anime nerds out there this is a ginyu force reference um and and you just see a a togetherness and a will to win i mean look at saliba's face 
every time we score a goal, this man just explodes in passion that you never see on the pitch, by the way. He's the coolest character on the pitch until we score a goal. And then there's Imagine how excited he'd be uh, with goals if he if he hadn't been ruined by Mikel Arteta sending him out on loan two seasons. <laughs> exactly. I mean, he's clearly so jaded at Mikel Arteta that there's no reason why he'd ever enjoy any of this. But it's a togetherness. It is yeah. a fight. It is a will. From the time that, from the moment that Saka was wrecked by Coutinho to the moment that we scored those last two goals, every second of this, you see every player to a man plugged in, and it's beautiful to see. And, and long That's... may it continue, and hopefully this, this energy, this feeling, this very top sensation is what's going to lead us to the lead. Because, I mean, yeah, winning 4-2 at Aston Villa was good, but Man City drawing 1-1 to Nottingham Forest. Is a little bit better. You feel yeah. me? I, I, I mean, it, it. It's funny this game football. You know, just when you think something's happening, it goes the opposite direction. Um, the away atmosphere at Spurs was unbelievable and a special treat to be able to be part of. But I am, I am having too much FOMO of these kinds of games. I mean, that you know, in in the chats, all the people who were there on the train in the away section, going to the pub afterwards. It's killing me that I'm not participating. And, and the same with the Villa game last year. I recall the Villa game last year was was an incredible away away day, which which almost rivaled or exceeded the Leicester away day. Uh, but, like, I'm, i I got to get back over because I'm missing this. It's killing me, and I can't. But all this to say props to the away supporters who were magnificent from, from moment one to the very end and 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 congratulations for getting to have those kinds of, of days and not even having to be hung over on monday because the game was saturday morning saturday afternoon beautiful way support the best away support in football in in the Premier league anyway oh and i know we're not going to have you for too much longer i just want to kind of get your final thoughts on the game and 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 where does this position us now are we are we back in it is is the elephant as they say uh properly secured back on the tree is arsenal going to take it all how are you feeling <laughs> yeah look it, it, it's crazy to think that with the sort of spot of depression that everybody had uh gone through following the man city uh loss that we're actually only one point uh less better off than we were prior to that game in terms of a gap between the two teams that game in hand is obviously massive um but i think something that we have to have learned from i remember myself uh i was on with yourself Aston, um before the the brantford game and, and mm-hmm. I, I mentioned people are overlooking the brantford game people are looking at city way too much and yeah. we need to stop overlooking I just I know we've got that Everton game coming up. I know this squad, and I know the type of characters in it, and I know they're going to be hungry for um, some revenge on, on, on that side. But we can't. I will give you credit. This. You did. You. This is actually like he's not lying. This is exactly what he said. Yeah, uh, and it's uh, totally it gets stuff right sometimes, um, but we can't overlook Leicester. They're coming off the back of a a, a pretty d- decent win as well, uh, sort of picking up some form. So again, there's no easy games in this league, and and to overlook anybody is just a massive mistake. The one thing that has given me a little peace of mind, and I have said this as well since the start of the season, we we probably will drop points again this season, but so will Man City. That they're far far from the juggernaut that we've come to know. And I was exactly in the opposite camp until until and and just 
again proven wrong i mean that I, I i said they you know this ffp thing has has galvanized them all together to the point where i they might drop you know three to four two to four points for, for the rest of the season and they dropped two on sunday i mean i did not did not see that coming so you know yeah we got a shot yeah, yeah absolutely. I, I was about to say, Mike, tell me how is exactly wrong and how we're going to win the league, uh, walk the league, actually. We got this. It's happening. And it's and we're going to win this motherfucking league. Come on. That I mean, was perfect. I couldn't have said it any better than myself than that dude. That, that boy. <laughs> yeah, that, that's a smart bloke. We should get him on the show. That's That bloke has tactical and emotional noose. <laughs> can, 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 can I just spring something back into everybody's minds and while i think we should temper expectations of exactly what we can expect this is us without Partey, and this is us without gabriel jesus i think in in Keria, in my opinion has dropped off but the whole team has dropped off and that's the difference between eddie and Keria and gabriel jesus eddie and Keria is someone who flourishes in a way in a high performance side and that's what we've seen you know when people make stuff for him he'll finish it off no problem at all but when the rest of the team's deflated eddie isn't really the type of person that's going to drag you out of those uh bad situations on his own he needs that service he needs those people around him but gabriel has used some four minutes without bringing up niketia i can't believe that yeah how yeah, much man. was in the game yeah it's uh it's it's a scary thought to think and i'm waste again i said with temper expectations because it's a, a huge injury but jesus coming back is going to be i think monumental um for some of these games uh in, in the like final round yeah yeah as, sh- as, as shitty as that is to say he hit that fucking thing but uh yeah yeah it's going to be huge i want i want joey to know that i am personally going to call it mikel arteta and i'm going to say to him have you thought about telling the boys to take it one game at a time? And he's and I know it's going to open his eyes. Arteta has never thought of this before. We've clearly started take we we've clearly started taking it one half at a time <laughs> because <laughs> one, we, one you know, kick that, at a time. Yeah, I mean one one passage of play at a time because uh, you know we we've we've really been you know, great first half against City, awful second half, awful first half against Villa, great second half. Um, you know, we're really kind of getting this down to an art and a science. Speaking of this, Owen, you got to go, man, right? Yeah, yeah, buddies. Got to, got to, got to go to work. Got to pay All the right. bills. But um, it's been a pleasure, boys. You just crack on and continue your two-hour podcast. Now we're going to – I mean, if anything, we'll, we got another five minutes or so. Any user questions in there? Owen, take care, bro. I'll see you yeah. soon. Cheers, Austin. Cheers, mate. And cheers, Next Jack time Fox. I pick up the, 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 the covers in my bed, I expect you to be under there. Uh, I'll I'll be prepared laying in wait. Good luck. <laughs> I, thought, I thought I was on covers duty now. Uh, well, now we'll yeah we'll do, we'll do one of those uh, next month. All right, so we've got a few. We've got a. I've got you for a few minutes, right? Like we yeah, I got I, you like ten ten minutes. All right, so everybody in the in chat, if you could do me a favor, go ahead and shoot us some questions. How you feeling? How you thinking? What 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 is it that you want to sound off about Arsenal that you want us to answer? And we'll go ahead and try to get some answers through. I I, I want to say much love. I, I see everyone in chat, Daniel, Joey, uh, Dublin Gooner. I saw uh, I saw Mark earlier, uh, Craig, Matthew, all of you guys. We love you. Ray, Give us a like Luke. if you like us. 
Danny was is in here. Uh, we got Golarzo in here, uh, which is a name I don't recognize, which is great. Uh, and of Dope course, was Sophie. even in here. Sophie's in the house. Um, yeah, the uh, the chat's been fantastic tonight. And uh, and so let me ask you, while we're waiting to see if there are any questions, um, what did you make of? Because I've Jared and I disagreed on this basically, uh, which is cool i mean you know he's wrong but but it's cool um what do you think of any niketia's game on sun on saturday overall and break it down if you want okay so it's it's a it's a bit complicated right i think that eddie niketia is contributing and i think that he's actually contributing at a pretty average level i don't think that there are many other strikers that i would bring in that would in the league right now that I would bring in that would do as well as in Kedia, but is he is contributing as much as Jesus would in that position? I think not. And the one thing that Eddie had going with for him was whereas he may not contribute as much on the other areas of the, of the pitch as Jesus, he was banging in goals. And while he's not doing that, while he is missing a few chances, I know Jesus missed chances too. Um, but Jesus had more to his game, and that's where we're kind of uh, that's where we're kind of lagging. It's actually funny that we you brought this topic up. I don't have it loaded up. I actually have a stat comparing um, Jesus, Eddie, and Balogun this year, and you can just see how much of the how much Jesus lights up the progressive passes, the um, XG assist rates, the uh, the possession one rates. Like he does so much for the team, and I think that we will actually, for as good as we've been, I do think we'll hit another level when Jesus. Yeah, I hope so. Now, the irony of Nketiah's game on Saturday, as far as I'm concerned, is his he biggest had an assist. No, well, his biggest contribution to the game was chasing that ball down and and squaring it for uh, for Odegaard, who unfortunately just scuffed it. Uh, but I mean, the the the, the work rate and the off the ball play there was exceptional but to me that was about it you know and and again i'm not watching him off the ball all the rest of the game to see what he is or isn't doing but his chances have been absolutely dreadful the last two games uh i mean he his when he's being given guilt edge chances he's missing them and that was his contribution to the game so work weight work rate wise and and you know for as long as he's in the game which is, I guess he's getting 90 minutes most of the time. Uh, you know, his absolute just effort and adherence to the game plan is is tops. But he's just not as good as most, you know, Premier League title hunting teams would have on, on the pitch. And I think we're seeing that more and more as we go along. Would you consider starting on Saturday with Trossard and Martinelli, and not Niketia. No, not in, not not for a second. I don't think that Martinelli or Trossard have the profile to hold this. There are things that Eddie and Kedia does, and I do think that I. Whereas I agree with you, I a hundred percent agree that we need something there. I do think that there are some fundamental things that Eddie and Kedia does that they do not, which is mainly he can hold up the ball, which I did see in this game. He can spit. He can spin a player. 
Um, he can, and he's also an aerial threat that they have to worry about. Like he should have scored two headers in the last game. And that's just not something that trust an option that Trossard or Martinelli, I feel really will give us in the same way. So actually, no, I, I really wouldn't. And I actually think that the combination of Martinelli and Trossard on that left-hand side, you know, we talk about individual players a lot, but I think that's a partnership, really, because you run at your uh, fullback for 65 minutes, then you have to deal with Trussard or Martinelli coming off the bench. I think there's a reason why both of those players have looked so good after being subbed on in every game that we've played them. I mean, Trussard, the reason yeah, why Trussard... Yeah, ESR had a season like that last year, too, yeah. where he was like a super sub. I mean, the, someone asked me on uh, on Tom's pod yesterday, or someone asked everybody on Tom's pod, like, who's your largest... Who do you think contributes the most that's a non-starter on our team for the rest of the season? And I said Martinelli, <laughs> because I think he could he could be that that game changer. I mean, look, I'd rather have him on for, for 70 minutes than 20, uh, just because of what he's capable of doing, but imagine like 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 just like in city against united where where Juan Basaka was playing well but i mean who the hell could put up with having to chase down martinelli for for 75 minutes and then have a fresh trossard going up against you you know i think that's an interchangeable situation if we start playing two weeks and we don't have fit jesus left i think we need to start exploring other options cuz inketia for 180 minutes a week in the number 9 position is not it for me um, but anyway, that's, that's my own opinion. We do have some questions. Um, speaking of which from Luke, uh, across the pond sports talk, would you go full strength for when we play in the Europa? How many, how many rotations do you think you make in any given, uh, Europa league game right now? I actually think that we think about this wrong. I've, I, and it's Arteta that's changed my mind. I used to be of the opinion. I was very, Arsene Wenger used to do this a lot. We'd like put some players away and we wouldn't play them. And I think that's like kind of the traditional traditionalist idea we we you rest your players and you don't want them hitting the red zone um arson wenger famously used to say that about rvp remember but i think that in this situation what's going on with how the nutrition and fitness cycles have evolved that playing a game every three days is actually important they actually need it and i think that part of some of the drop-off has actually been because as we've rotated players in and out they need a couple of games to get up to speed. And once you see them playing every three days that you're going to get them back up to speed. I, now that doesn't mean I don't change anything. I think that this is perfect game to get the likes of Tierney on. I think Tierney's jaded. I think when I see Tierney on the bench I, and he should be absolutely, he's not, this is probably the first time in his career that he's not started. Right. So, and, and he's fit and he's not starting. That's mind blowing to him. So he should be jaded, but I think to kind of keep him a little on song, I think you definitely start Tierney. I think Tamiyasu needs another game just to kind of shake off that kind of the the hoodoo that he had on the Manchester United uh, Manchester City game. I, I really want him to get some confidence because he's a great player and he's going to be incredibly important to us as a different option as well. Um, I don't know how much where else you really can find that much more rotation, to be honest. I mean, do you really bring in Rob holding over Saliba? Does Saliba really need the rest? Um, I think I, I think what we're going to see is a management of 180, 190 uh, minutes a week where it isn't a rotation in the starting 11. 
as much as you see minutes managed, because I, I do, I do agree with you that I think, uh, you know, what, as a physician, um, I, be, I have come to understand that, you know, you do need that game, <laughs> that game intensity every three or four days. You just don't need 90 minutes of it every three or four days because you could potentially break down uh, with too much, you know, too much uh, stress on your body from playing high intensity for, you know, 90 to, to 100 minutes twice a week. But we have five substitutions now. We have good players backing up great players at this point. And, and so, you know, if in one game it's, it's a, you know, 55, 40 minute split. Uh, and in the next game, someone else starts and plays 55 or 60 and gets subbed out. That's minute management that I think works. And, you know, and I, and I, I do, I do think that we're going to we're going to see the same players every game just some of them are going to be kind of coming off the bench a little bit more and that also gives you the ability to manage how the game is going. You know, if we're four, three up against a, you know, a team in the Europa League round of 16 in you know at halftime, we can bring those players that are needing the most rest according to their metrics off at halftime and and bring in somebody who you know who hasn't had as many minutes and will help preserve our our top guys for the league game over the weekend so you know i i don't think he'll make too many many too too many changes but you know i think you'll still see players getting about 120 minutes a week um split somewhere in between uh you know the 290s now but if you have if you have to prioritize i mean if you have a player who can only play 90 minutes a in that week because of what the, the physios are telling you you're putting them in a league game not the europa league game now right? mike i i had brought up in in we're talking about rotation and leeds gunner kind of highlights it here is tierney finish at arsenal newcastle apparently want him if an offer comes in and obviously every every player has a number there's not a even bakayo saka there's a number that we would accept for bakayo saka but i think it's more the spirit of it should we be looking to move tierney on should we be really listening to options for him? Is is it maybe his time at Arsenal coming to uh, the the sunset of that, or do you think that there's some that he stays on and there there's more to um, Kieran Tierney to come? We should be doing every single thing we can to keep Kieran Kieran other than you know putting him on two hundred and fifty thousand a week. We should be doing everything that we can to keep him at this club. Now, if we don't have enough if we can't promise him enough if we can't if if he wants to you know I, there's not like a euro or anything coming up where I, I you know well i guess there is one coming up next year but i mean if if he needs to be a full-time starter on this team uh, on on a team to the point where he is ready to leave the arsenal project that i really think he has loved because he's not getting enough playing time then i also don't really think you can stop him and then you start looking for the best the best fit and the best situation and bring in and bring in a replacement. If Nuno Tavares isn't going to be that guy and he's not a left back, he's a left wing, um, you know, and, six goal in the season, by the way, just, I think yeah, he's a left winger. He's not a left back. Um, but like, you know, it, it, he, he's in the rare category of, you know, do everything you can to keep him from, to, to keep him from leaving. But if he decides he wants to leave, grant him the move. I wouldn't say that about a lot of people, but but he's earned it. 
Yeah, he's he's kind of like the ever nice guy, you know. I I wish nothing but good things for him. I don't know who brings the uh the Tesco bags, you know, if if he's not around, which is huge. And his his chef seems like he works for us as well, so I don't know how we would like deal with that contract. But I think that in general, if you want a team that's going to be competing for titles, competing for not just one trophy, but multiple trophies in a season, you want the best players at your club and what it comes down to it if Tyrion Kearney uh Kieran Tierney wow what was that uh if Kieran Tierney Mastin goes Ash. to any other team he will be one of the best left backs in whatever league he plays in including yeah. the Premier League and that's what the Newcastle links that's why the Newcastle links bother me I mean they, they yeah. sell them the Newcastle under one condition and that's if we absolutely hold them over a barrel drive the price up to a lot more than it should be I mean, yeah. Kieran Tierney's probably, I mean, we bought him for 24. He's had injury issues. He's a great glue guy, a great clubhouse uh, or uh, uh, dressing room guy, and a very, I mean, very Mike, good player. I, I mean, Mike, 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 put it this way. If we win the league with Alexander Zinchenko, Gordiola would have handed us a left back and then let us win the league. We cannot make the same mistakes. We don't. We don't have the money of City to make the same mistakes that they do, or the arrogance. Oh, but if Newcastle I mean? decides to pay seventy million pounds for him, I mean, look, Cucurella went for close to that. If he decides to go to seventy million, I mean, Cucurella was a full-time player, but it was a crap one. Um, if he desi- decides to to go to Newcastle and we can get seventy million for him, and he wants to go, that's the scenario where I sell him. But you know, don't do it for the 25 we paid. Don't do it even for 35 because, you know, 35 million pound players are automatically going to work incredible. out. They're incredible. Uh, disgusting. So if they, we, but by your logic, if we give them to them for like 80 million, he'll bomb. Well, yes, because Harry Maguire. Yeah, genius, genius. See, what, we, what we're doing here is we're playing 4D chess. For those of you that can't keep up, there's a, there's a game within a game within a game, and it's called Vangerception. Yes. It, 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 I mean, we're, we're running the club. We're, we're, we're kind of a shadow board for the, for the Arsenal Football Club. Aston was asked to be in the boardroom. Uh, he politely declined because we're running the club from, from you know, from Florida, basically. <laughs> okay. That, that next question is, uh, Danny, by the way, what's going on, Danny? Much love, my man. Uh, anyone else notice how Ramsdale's long, accurate balls down the wings to Saka Martinelli for counterattacks have stopped and how he isn't taking goal kicks every time? This is something that's actually interesting. I actually think that what's going on is Martinelli and Saka are much deeper and teams are much more aware of the break on the counter. I think there's a reason you don't see us countering as quickly as we may have done about a year ago. And I think that's because now everybody respects Saka and Martinelli. I think they know that if they get the ball, like if a ball's coming to them, they will win that duel. So they'll be, they're preemptively putting, making sure that there is no space for them to spin into or run into. So that's my, that's my reading of it. What do you think? I, I, I mean, I, I really don't have anything to add to that because I hadn't really noticed that until you said it, Danny. Um, and <laughs> it's more than likely situational. Um, I don't know that Ramsdale isn't as good at doing that anymore. And I don't know that, you know, it, it just might be the situations of the game, the the opponent, whether they're pressing or not. But uh, I mean, Ramsdale, to me, he's proven that he's the best distributor of the ball in the Premier England League. Number one. Sorry. England, number one. He should have been this uh, for this World Cup. 
Yeah. Pickford's done nothing to, to 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 keep that job, in my opinion. Uh, he, I mean, he wasn't awful in the World Cup, Pickford, but but he, but I mean, he's not the best English goalkeeper in England. In my um, opinion, too, when you've got like the likes of John Stone standing in front of you, I think that a Ramsdale makes so much more sense behind him because of the ability. Like, I I really think that there's another level, but I don't think that Southgate's got that tactical mouse to get it. Yeah, I, I mean, if Ramsdale's not England number one for your, for for next season's Euros, I mean, unless he's had just a, a mare in the uh, you know in the in the year in between now and then, I absolute I, pants. I don't I don't really get it. It'd be pants. I mean, unless he's pony between now and then, <laughs> uh, I don't really understand it. Um, from Kevin Dempsey, what has gone wrong with the team's defending? We are uh, we're we're leaking some we're leaking some goals, Asin. I mean, yeah. is it just that part of the season where you just take a leak and you, and you just keep going or, or, you know, there, there's something that, so we play the way that we play, we're always going to have these isolated situations with the center backs because we play so high up the pitch. And the, and the thing that um, we've been relying on is the fact that Gabrielle and Saliva have been damn near perfect at one-on-one defending this game. Saliba should have once again, and this has happened a few times. Ollie Watkins shouldn't have scored that first goal. Saliba shows him off, actually shows him towards goal after Ollie Watkins takes a bad touch. If this was the beginning of the season, there's no way that that goal happened. So I'm not quite sure. I think it's individual. I don't well, think there have that, been individual errors. I mean, you know, two of them against Manchester City pretty much yeah. gave them, you know, gave them the lead, and then and then one goal that they scored was just, you know either just a really good play or, or, or poor defending against Villa. Again, they're, they're generally individual mistakes, but you know, whereas we were just clean sheet, clean sheet, one goal, clean sheet. Uh, we had like seven clean sheets out of nine away from home, I think to start off the year. And the other two games were like one and two goals conceded or one and one goals. And, you know, it, it, I guess it's a reversion to the mean in, in, in a sense. I don't think that we're defending poorly and Arteta will drill them out of it. We'll, we'll get back to, to, to squander or not squandering to uh, suffocating teams. There are a couple of things that I, I kind of want to say about that. And, and one of the most important things that you said about returning to the mean, so, so to speak in this image, William Saliba is the youngest player in this picture. You have to remember that. We have to be aware that these are incredibly young players. And we've said this before, and I know this is almost like a cliche, but we knew that there would be some variance in there um, as the as the season went on, that they couldn't always maintain this insane level at the, the entire time. Otherwise, they would be, you know, the greatest prodigies of football that we've ever seen. So for that being said, you, you got to allow them some wobble room. There's going to be some days when they're not going to do as well. And I want to point out for all of that, we have the best defense in the league bar Newcastle. So for as much as we say that we're leaking goals, are we? Yeah. Well, I mean, it's 10 in the last six as, as, as was pointed out. And, um, you know, and I think the fix to this situation is that we saw that we buy this Tiernan Kearney, this Tiernan Kiri guy that you mentioned yeah. earlier. I mean, that was a scouting masterclass right there, and you didn't even you didn't even like hype it up that much. Well, it's because I'm not on Edu's payroll yet, and I keep telling him, "Listen, I'm right here, buddy. This is this is the pickup Dude, I, that we need." Speaking of Edu, I broke in my outdoor grill last night. Yeah, uh, with a with a nice 
thick, juicy steak, uh, of which I had like a little corner of because that's all I can eat right now. But, <laughs> but uh, you know, when we when we buy new things, we're typically not uh, by we, I mean me, typically not allowed to use them. <laughs> uh, <laughs> like the indoor oven isn't being used for God knows how long. Uh, but but I, I put my foot down. I used the outdoor grill. It was phenomenal. And um, and then I, suddenly I signed two new players. <laughs> and, and they're, they're in my they just right walk through the door. All of a sudden you were like looking to your left. There's like Gnabry walking and you're like, hey. I signed, I, signed a new, I signed a new unicorn. Um, and, uh, and yeah, so we had uh, two questions from Leeds Gunner. I'm going to pick one of them and then I think we should we should cap what? it off. Real quick before we do that, I didn't. We haven't brought this up, and I did want to bring this up. We might be getting charged by the FA again. Apparently, in the um, in the analyst area, oh, after yeah. that Jorginho goals goes in, the Arsenal analysts uh, let out a little bit of a celebration, and the Aston Villa analyst didn't take too kindly in it, and it started a scuffle. Are well, Arsenal the bad boys of the Premier League, or or what? Well, you know, I've I've had a, a little bit of insight. From the inside of uh, from from some folks that were in the the the, uh, the area, it wasn't necessarily the journos from the two clubs that were getting into it. It was the like the stats guy, yeah, from our the team. analyst, and yeah, and and um, and yeah, it, a, a, a little bit of words and and I mean, look, it, as all journalists like me know, you're not supposed to cheer in the press box. That's the first rule. You don't cheer in the press box. You can eat eight pounds of the hot dogs and the food that they serve in there, but don't cheer. I've also been in enough press boxes to know, and, and by that I mean like four, that people do it anyway. Um, and in a game as dramatic and as, as important as it was yesterday, you, you're going to get a little bit of that. Even the newest, least seasoned of journalists in the press box, and I'm not going to name any names, but former fetuses who are now in the press box, even they struggle to control their excitement when Emmy Martinez scores a goal to win us the, the league. I mean, that's just uh, the funniest thing. Ever. How can you not laugh? That's the uh, funniest thing I've ever seen. But yeah, I mean, it, it legitimately kicked off and, and I, I don't think the club uh, loves the, the coverage that's coming from this. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I don't know that an FA charge can come from that. Um, I saw it said the FA. Is the FA can charge us for whatever the hell they want. Apparently, yeah, it's us against the world, baby. They're trying to. They get you know we got one of theirs and Lee Mason out, so now they're trying to come for ours again. You know how it is. By the way, are you in the? Are you in the? I hate what happened to Lee Mason crowd. He made a mistake. He shouldn't have lost his job. Uh, which suddenly there seems to be a groundswell of people having the the you know the the cultured perspective of you know. Yeah, he made a mistake, or he's made mistakes. He shouldn't, you know, have been on VAR for our games anymore. But he shouldn't have lost his job over it. Crowd. I don't know. I'm, am I am, am I mad when cops uh, cops get fired for shooting people? Like, yeah. what? What? It's his job. He's got one job, and for all that people want to put on to uh, Lee Mason for, oh, he lost his livelihood. What about these footballers? And I know that they're millionaires. Don't get me wrong. I know that they're millionaires. But what about their fans? What about the staff? What about everybody that put something into Arsenal winning when you screwed us over twice? Twice for no for no well, reason. And, 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 and four or five other mistakes uh, that were admitted to by the Premier League just this season, I believe. I mean, if you're not good at your job, 
you have to be replaced by somebody who is and 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 they can't just keep you on the payroll while they replace you on a day, on a day to day or or week to week basis if there's 24 spots for people in PGMOL in the various roles and you have to yank one from active duty you you know you promote someone else to that position and you, and you have to get rid of them i mean it's not if that's the only, if that's the guy's only talent and his only method of employment and there are no other leagues in the world that he can go to, 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 to take his expertise, then you know what? Too bad. Uh, like like but, if but, it's not, if this isn't the bar, because like, let's be honest, we, all of these people, by the way, can we be honest about who they are? They're fans of other clubs that want to take the mick out of Arsenal because we all know that. I've seen a lot of Arsenal club, people be like, oh, well, he shouldn't have lost his job over that. Well, I'm like, yeah, he should have. And and then, then, him, then, I don't. I, I'm not. I don't feel bad for him. I feel bad for everyone who who spends their hard-earned money going to games and expecting to see a product that is at the at, at a minimum remotely fair. Yeah, I I don't so, want. I don't like having a go at our own own fans like that. But listen, that's an absolute brain dead take. We've been complaining about refs since time immemorial. We've been talking about how do you think that we fix the ref problem. Do you think that we just continue to give the same people the chances to make the same mistakes over and over again? Or is it maybe time for us to rectify the situation? And this is exactly the way that we, like groups like the PGMOL remain unaccountable. Right. If we and, just well, and, choose and, never to give them consequences. I just, it's just such a, it doesn't, I, I am sorry. I think I don't say this a lot. And I don't mean this to be mean to any of our, uh, any of our fans out there, but if this is a, your take, I think you got brain rot. Well, it doesn't I'm seem only. like any of those people are in our our chat because uh, <laughs> yeah, you know, we are. Uh, <laughs> and then there's Daniel. <laughs> should Kane have lost his job after missing his pen for England? Uh, yeah, of course he should have. Um, so yeah, I, I I just couldn't believe that that I was starting to see some people like like yeah, I piled on him, but now I feel kind of bad because the guy's lost his livelihood. When I see him rough sleeping outside King's Cross, um. Maybe I'll feel a little bad for him, but I'm, I'll still blame him for his own downfall. But I don't see that happen. I don't think that's going to happen. I, as as was said, I think he uh, he was probably paid to leave, and uh, a lot of money to leave too. And yeah. and further and further, just and just to get on my little pedestal here, just a minute, just so you guys understand, the enemy wouldn't be us if Lee Mason is sleeping under the bridge. The enemy isn't us. The enemy is the the fact that he can't get a job, another job in this economy. That's not Arsenal's fault. That's the government's fault. That's that's the economy's fault. It's, that's it's a, not it's not going to happen. I you know I was just yeah. make, obviously making a. a an I, I know you're making a joke, but I'm just trying to put it in like perspective. Like like Arsenal cannot be the bad guy. This, and I don't like anybody that likes to pretend like we are. Yeah, yeah. So, um, all right. So, uh, fuck everyone else. Question, up the arsenal. Final question, and ending in a in a positive way, is from Leeds Gunner, who uh, I believe is a gunner from Leeds. Um, ESR's return is going to be huge and contribute as many goals as Nketiah. Discuss. Um, I mean, I'm worried about his health. I mean, you don't you don't come back after a long rehab, play what he played 30 minutes or something like that, and then miss four or five consecutive games, not even be on the 18 or traveling with the team unless there was a problem. They're not measuring his minutes and taking time bringing him back. Something went wrong. Uh, maybe a sympathetic injury where where he was favoring the you know a part to try. You know, he would he didn't re-injure the groin, but might have hurt something else because of 
athletically, you know, putting yourself in different positions to try to protect yourself. You know, they say when you're trying not to hurt your hamstring, you hurt your ankle or something like that because of the way you're you're playing. And and that might have happened. So I am worried. I, I, I'm not counting him out for the rest of the season, but I'm worried about his contribution this season and, frankly, for next season. The guy's got a bigger ceiling, and, and I'm hedging on this a little bit, but I said two years ago he had a bigger ceiling than Bakaya Saka um, if he were to realize it. Uh, I don't know that that's true anymore. And I certainly never true. I, I, that's what I'm saying. I don't know if it was ever true anymore, but it was it was my opinion at the time. And and I I love the player. I love his style. If he has been, you know, if his difficulties over the last year or two before he t- had the surgery were based on a chronic injury, that would have made a lot of sense. And fixing that chronic injury would have him right back on the track that he was on before. If that happens, then ESR is going to be the the biggest thing to happen to this team in the next three or four months because i mean my god you have Saka, esr martinelli odegaard uh, trossard um, jesus jesus coming back i mean you you've got seven guys to play four positions and regardless of what you think of eddie niketia and whether he you know is, is at the same level as all those other players you're gonna have a strike force that people just literally don't know what to do with whether Nketiah is in the room or not. But, I'm going yeah, to it, say it, something unusually kind about you. Be a great guy. Yeah, like, like I would, I would like you to be my dad. Like that'd be a cool dad to have. You so you're so the way that you talk about ESR is so sweet. You talk about him like you talk about your son. You know what I mean? You're like, I just hope he's not really injured. I hope he wasn't trying to. It's it's so sweet. Why? And and I, and I can genuinely hear the care that you have for this player and it's not, and it's, it's touching. And I do agree with you. I do worry about him, but unlike you, I happen to know that this was a growing thing. His certain parts of him have gotten bigger and he needs some time to adjust to dragging that across the field. And once they get, <laughs> once he gets used to it, the groundkeeper needs some time to adjust to that. <laughs> we are going to have a monster of a player that's going to, he's going to score with his dick. Do you do you remember when we had the video of somebody doing a knee slide and we, and there were three fucking lines behind him <laughs> and we were like, why are there three lines? He's only got two cleats. He's only got two boots on. Oh, my oh God. we no, all I, know. I, despite my brand as being a, a, a horrible human being, a very immature person, and a, and a and a horrible dad, I I appreciate your comments. You've seen me with my with my son i'm not sure if you've seen me with my daughter but uh but yeah i mean i when i you you keep your daughter far away from me and i and i understand (laughs) jesus i um i do kind of embrace and and feel uh paternal towards certain players and and esr is certainly one of them i mean you know i i feel like he's a you know this little wonder kid that that needs you know he, he doesn't need like like Martinelli, I think needs to be loved and and appreciated and and celebrated. Not celebrated, but like he's a real. I I, I think he's like twenty one, going on nineteen a bit. Not not physically, but emotionally. Um, he's he's a big. He, well, what it is is you got to remember Martinelli's from Brazil. This is London. The lights. He's getting to. He's getting an experience he's never seen before. Whereas ESR, he's always lived in Europe. He's always been in big cities, played in big, at big clubs. So the lights are a little. I mean, they, they don't hit him the same way. 
Yeah, I mean, you don't go to Huddersfield Town for six months without becoming a man. Yeah, uh, but the uh, that—that's yeah, why mean, he's got the groin injuries. I think I think if he just if he can just get fit, he is going to be incredible for for our football club and and uh, allow us to literally just you know devote money to replace NESR, some of which we've already spent on people. Uh, to be spent better elsewhere uh, on on Declan or Moises or or uh, or whomever, and I just I, I there's, if there's one thing that I wish for more than anything from an injury standpoint, I might rather see ESR back. Uh, no, I can't say that than than Jesus. Yeah, I, you're I'm wrong. Not, I'm not. Wrong no, I'm not going to say that. But but I just I need ESR to come back and have a productive career at Arsenal because I just think he he has so much. He has bags of talent. So, especially, uh, especially with Saka needing uh, needing some sort of backup, but it's it's interesting that we we bring this together and we talk about transfers and all these different things because finally, finally, maybe another striker, maybe if we're having this Eddie discussion later, but for the most part, we've got our defense with the backups, we've got our attack with the backups, so now we can just laser focus on midfield and we really do have one hell of a team and maybe just maybe the best team in europe maybe just maybe naughty <laughs> girls need love too that's gonna be the copyright strike the stuff we did earlier is not gonna be but yeah, me saying that it. exactly like samantha fox that will get us a copy strike you sound um, just like her too perfect yeah and Spot on. and and exactly as sexy as she was all right on that note, I think uh, any anything else that uh, that you'd like to, to throw out there, Aston, as we have indeed exceeded the 100 minute mark now on this pod, which I swore we were not going to do anymore. Hey, but it's you know, too much fun. Sometimes, when, sometimes when you win four two and a goal goes off of Emmy Martinez's head, you need a couple of extra minutes to talk about it. Okay, it was a fantastic pod. Thanks everybody for joining us today. It's always fun. Again, shout out to this crowd, best crowd. Uh, you know, we have we we may not get the numbers of like an AFTV, but like our crowd is like the crowd. We're we're a little bit like Arteta. You know, we, we may not get the numbers of a podcast that doesn't actually go on the air, but yeah, the people that are here are the best people. Um, yeah, it's it's a little bit like Arteta. Like we work a lot, uh, very well with the small squad. You know what I mean? I have a job interview. Any advice? Yeah, Daniel, and you know this is my answer already. But my advice to you would be: do not cough and sneeze on the person who's giving you the interview. I was going to say, um, Daniel, what you need to do is you need to go in. You go to eat, when they ask you, okay, what's your name? You go show me where the boss's office is. Hey, you, they go, what? You go, show me where the boss's office is. You go right into his office, and then you take a dump on his desk, and you say, I am here. Now do something about that. As, as and he will be so impressed with you. He will say, hey, by the laws of the rules of engagement, he will go, this is your company now. It's yours. Yep. You've won. It's literally, it's the rule of, of, of the forest. Or yeah. the jungle, or whatever, uh, whatever you want to call it. It's the rule of of, of the uh, of the uh, the desert. Um, yeah, he'll yeah. say it with a tear in his eye, and he'll be looking at a picture of the day that he took a dump on his old boss's desk. Yeah, it's it's the circle of life, the circle of dumps on desks. All <laughs> right, so um, so yeah, I uh, I just have one more word of wisdom to pass to you, other than come on, you gooners, and here it is. We got this. 
It's happening, and it's and we're gonna win this mother. Watching the Gooners podcast, a production of TGP Media, wholly on subsidiary of Wanker Broadcasting Company Limited PLC. All rights and likenesses, except for Owens, are available for purchase and distribution according to the historical tenets of bird law. Make sure to check out the Gooners podcast, Patreon, at patreon.com forward slash TGP. Find Gooners v. Cancer at GoonersVCancer.com. And don't forget, get them credit cards out. The Gooners podcast has been brought to you thanks to a generous investment from Elon Musk, as well as the letter G and the number 69. Remember, Gooner family, that taught them get better everywhere they go. TGP out. Thank <laughs> you.